Good evening, Jamsters, and welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. It might be August. It might be six weeks and three days until the Phoenix Suns play in a preseason game on October 5th against the Los Angeles Lakers. That's not going to stop us from coming up with some fantastic content, Matthew, for the Jamsters to absorb, to talk about, to think about, to talk amongst their friends, to go up to a buddy at work and be like, hey, man, did you see the Jam Session podcast? No, you listen to it? Yeah, they're talking about the divisions right now, and they got some good things to say. Clearly, right? <laughs> yeah, they did. The, <laughs> they did their homework. I mean, we got to dig in deep. We're going to dig in pretty deep here with all these divisions, each team, all these players. Where is everyone located, right? I mean, going into this, when we were actually going to do a little bit of a preview to the season, you know, if some of these players pop out, I'm like, oh, if they're on this team, okay, cool. All right, all right. This is what I think of this and this and this. Be a lot of uh, a lot of good breakdown from the GM session boys over here. Yeah, and I, I love doing this every year because, as you mentioned, it allows an opportunity to just kind of see what the state of the NBA is. It's the same thing, right? Like, we're all getting ready for our fantasy football drafts. For those yeah. of you who play fantasy football, either you've done your draft this weekend, you're doing it next weekend, whenever. And a lot of times, if you're not properly prepared, you'll sit there and you'll go, hold on. I had no idea that Tyreek Hill was playing in Miami now. Oh, shit. Why did I draft him so high? He's on that Patty Mahomes throwing the ball. It's Tui is throwing him the ball. And I don't, I, I'm not a fan of that. So this is a good opportunity for the Jamsters to kind of take a look at uh, players and the status of teams as of the, the time that we do the podcast, as well as yeah. an opportunity for you and I to really drill down because you know what? We, we have a Phoenix Suns podcast. It's good to know what's going on on the other team when we play them during the season, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially in the East. Um, one of these teams will yeah. be playing us in the finals, huh? Right? Yeah, that's right. We're that's that right. confident. <laughs> that's right. Yep. One of these teams will be playing the Suns in the finals. <laughs> Real quick, before we transition into the start of this podcast, you've been watching uh, that Arizona Cardinals game today? You know what? I popped it on because I saw your tweet about the helmets. I'm like, oh, they're wearing the helmets with the stupid black uniforms. How fucking ridiculous. I'm sorry. They I look, look dumb, like, don't they? They look, they do not fit. Like I thought it's like a nice pair of new studded, like diamond earrings you got. And you have your old grandpa's sweater on. Like what the yeah. fuck are they wearing? None of it matches, dude. It's a kind of a cool helmet, but you got to redo the whole thing. Kind you can't just of, throw it on yeah. an old, old uniform, man. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. It just ruined everything. You went back like two steps with that thing, dude. Oh, I hear. And again, like, you know, initially when they released the helmet uh, about a month ago, you know, I had said something on Twitter to the fact that I felt it was kind of lazy. I'm like an all black helmet. That's lazy. Everybody's doing that right now. Right. Yeah, the Philadelphia true. Eagles are doing it. Uh, the Jets are doing it. I'm like, and then everybody jumped down my throat on Twitter. They're like, but it, look, no, no, no. It's not black. If the light hits it just right, there's little red flakes in it. That's Even cool. Worse. And I'm like watching on tv i'm like where's the little red flakes guys where's the little red flakes that everyone was like so up in arms like no no no, it's not black it's not all black and i'm telling you i was you know not not impressed with it not impressed with that helmet it doesn't make no yeah i'm just you know what i back you up on this one it's not because i want i look up to you john i want you to respect me that's not the reason it's because they look dumb they look so stupid like i just want to those uniforms they look like they're 20 years old compared to that helmet, right? It just doesn't. If that's yeah. what they're going to wear and every that's what time they are. That, the black jerseys I, are 20 years old. They they're never going to no win flair with that. To them. And the it's players just, know it looks stupid. Well, and, and again, the like throw, throw a white face mask on it. Throw a red face mask on it. Throw a yellow face mask. I don't care anything other than what how it looked. And again, mm-hmm. I just, you know, taking a look at it, seeing it on TV, I just, I'm reminded that so many Cardinals fans love the looks of those helmets because they're just so desperate for any sense of change. 
because this team hasn't changed their jersey setup since they went to the new stadium back in like 05. Yeah. So they're it's different. It looks amazing. I'm like, but but does it? But does it look amazing? The answer is no, folks. Maybe by yeah. itself on like a naked body, but with those uniforms, dude, I don't know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad totally you brought it up. in the chat. He's like, Y'all still crying about them helmets? Yes. Because I took yeah. so much flack on Twitter because I went against the grain on that one. And you know what? It's very quiet out there now. But, anyways. Welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, wherever you're consuming this content. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Make sure you follow me at Darth Void. And make sure you follow Matthew. At Matthew, let's see. We're going to be popping open an, an, a teeth-cracking cold Coors Light. Yeah, we are. Yes, we is. So crack them if you <laughs> got them. And we're going to be going through the Atlantic Division preview on this podcast. So we're going to start off in the Eastern Conference, and we'll go from there. So cheers. are officially six weeks and three days away from the start of uh, the preseason, not even the regular season, but the preseason. And Matthew, tough question to begin. How many divisions are there in in basketball? There are six. Look at that. You know what? Another tough question. Why the fuck do we still have divisions? (laughs) This is a (laughs) great question. They got to go away soon, but until then, we'll do a preview. There you go. So that's what we're going to be doing on this podcast. We're not going to contemplate the why. Why are there still divisions? Because I agree with Matthew. I just stick with conferences, right? Again, I, I fall back on fantasy football. It's like, just we, why are there divisions in fantasy football? If you're doing that to your league, you're, you you are wrong. But uh, we're going to go through the divisions. Uh, but one thing that we will start off with just some Suns news. You know, the, the game plan, just from a programming standpoint, for all the Jamsters to know, is with six weeks until the preseason begins, Matthew and I are going to be going through the divisions on every single podcast until mm-hmm. preseason begins. Obviously, training camp will begin before that, uh, and we'll open up each uh, podcast, talking Suns, seeing if there's any new updates, anything of that nature, and then we're going to go into those deep dives on the individual divisions. Uh, we will be live on Wednesday at 8 p.m., uh, this Wednesday, and that'll be kind of our new schedule moving forward. Is every Wednesday, 8 p.m. If you want to follow us live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, that's the time to tune in. Uh, and if you are somebody who likes to listen to your podcasts uh, and absorb the content that way, uh, look for that Wednesday evening. It'll go up right after the podcast is over. So, uh, one thing I'm going to start with is, you know, n- obviously not too much related to the Phoenix Suns out uh, going on out there, but. Our boy Dario Saric is out there, and he's playing for the Croatian national team. Uh, he's currently uh, in the Eurobasket uh, tournament that's occurring as they get ready for kind of like the basketball World Cup over there. Matthew, any have you have you seen anything about Dario Saric? Have you have you tracked what's going on over there? I know it's kind of hard; it's hard to find highlights, things of that nature. But hearing that Dario's <laughs> playing, that's got to be good news, right? Oh wait, hold on. Before I even do this, why, like I got to give him a drop, right? Yeah, I mean it is. We are talking for the first time in a long time some Dario Sarge. So let's give him a break. The Sarge Smoke Break. Go for it. Dario Sarge. Yeah, have I checked it out? You know, I don't have a Twitter alert every time Dario Sarge (laughs) does something. Um, But that would be nice if I did have that little Woj bomb thing. You know what I mean? Um, Yes. I... 
I'm excited to hear that he's still alive and he's healthy. There you go. If he's playing, I thought you were going to bring it up and be like, oh, did you hear that he twisted his ankle or something? You know what I mean? Kind of like Chet Holgram against uh, LeBron James in his first drive. <laughs> yeah, where um, did that – I saw you post that on Twitter. Where did that happen? Yeah, so it was at the uh, the crossover, which is another one of those pro-am things that mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, LeBron James, um, Isaiah Thomas was there, including Chet, Chet Holgram, the new rookie. Yeah. Um, He – one drive, it was a fast break. LeBron had it on him. I guess LeBron just twist and turn too much. Chet Holmgren came up limping on like his right foot and then was out of the game right away. It was within one minute of the game. Oh man. So oh. yeah. So I was just like, that's uh that's just bad. That sucks. And it's not like I think the whole situation playing against LeBron against all those well, those people are so close to you. There's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. I just feel bad for the dude because he went out limping right away. Oh, that sucks for uh, OKC fans. I mean, yeah, they're all hired for yeah. the for the thin towers, and they're they're excited for that. And oh well, it's not over, but no, it's just. It's, it's, it, but it's like the first opportunity you have to like just. You're, oh, dude, Chet Holgram's playing in that tournament with LeBron. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. one minute in. Oh, it's like Gordon <laughs> Hayward in uh, in Boston. You know, yes. Like, yeah. uh, but Dario Sarch, you know, for those of you who are interested in kind of seeing some of his highlights again, hard to scrape the internet for those. Uh, stop by Suns Geeks channel. He did a great five minute video kind of talking about what he saw and, and, and finding some of those, those highlights of Dario Sarge playing for the Croatian national team. Uh, but, you know, playing well, that's, that's what I like to see. If you watch some of those highlights, he's hustling. He's, he's typical Dario Sarge, my man, like he's on the floor a lot, right? He's diving for loose balls. He's falling down after rebounds. It's like, Dario, hey, it's good to see you again, man. And, you know, yeah. he played against the Slovenian team, which obviously has the likes of, Luka Doncic, Goran Dragic, Zoran Dragic. Um, and he he led the, his team in scoring for Croatia. He had 18 points. He had six rebounds. Uh, he was four of seven from beyond the arc. And on his team, on the Croatian national team, is Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, Jalen Smith, the one with an extra E who played for the Suns mm-hmm. in Summer League a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Avita Zubak is on the team. So he's been out there. He, he's been hustling. You know, he's been, he's been doing his best to kind of one assist his uh his team but two you know get back in game shake in shape and it was great to see him uh just out there playing again man he's looking good yeah i'm glad to hear it <laughs> i'm glad to hear it cuz you do <laughs> honestly you do you miss that hustle he had all the time it totally went away from that team as soon as he was gone you forget how much he brings to this team so yeah keep rolling it up dude if he keeps if he keeps playing that way and it comes back into the season, like it's going to be very positive for the Suns. A hundred percent. And again, you know, knowing, I, I think you bring up a good point relative to his energy. You know, you look at the, the second team energy unit and, and they talk about the connection and how well Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne's the guy who missed Dara Sarge the most, right? Yeah. Because Dara Sarge yeah. is a connector on the court. And if you don't have Dara Sarge out there with Cameron Payne, he, all the connecting fell to him and he had a hard time navigating that this past season. So you take that plus the energy level that Cameron Payne brings with Dario Sarch on the court. And it's just, it's a good sign to see. And it's something that we truly missed last season. Uh, even though we won 64 games, you know, the bench is ultimately what kind of was one of our many Achilles heels in the playoffs and knowing that Dario Sarch could potentially be back next season. Just, it gets me all, all hot and flustered inside. Yeah, me too. And you know, the, you do forget about those, um, those one, two combos with um, him and Cameron Payne. Cause 
even like when Alan Williams was on the team, who was the guard that he was playing with that was like so well? They Tyler Eulis. Tyler Eulis. Him yes. and uh, Alan Williams were. They had a connection. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me of that in a way, but of course a little bit better. And situations where you can actually play them in the in uh, the season and win some games. So, mm-hmm. so tell me a little bit uh, bracket of sixty four update. How are we looking, Matthew? Oh, we're on round two. Yes, we are round two. Now the matchups get good. Yes, All right, we well, are. how are we looking? What are you releasing this week? Um, so this week we actually have four that already got released. Um, let me okay. actually bring it up because I actually was not prepared to talk about it because I thought <laughs> we were just gonna do this and then, um. One second here. We got to start yeah. with the, start with the Suns news, and then we'll go into the divisions. Yeah. So on. Uh, so, oh, there were. You won't believe this news. You won't believe this news about three matchups. Actually, there was three disqualifications in the first round. It wasn't due to just a bad moment where I didn't actually want to make a video about it. Drug use, um, a lot of harassment stuff going on. So these teams, these moments were actually disqualified. So they're. <laughs> There are actually wow. three teams moving on. I know, I know, I know, I know. But um, breaking news, breaking news. Yeah, so we're actually all in the second round right now. Um, the last matchup that actually just went final today was uh, from the book bracket. Mm-hmm. Booker versus the Raptors, moving on to round three, two Sweet Sixteen. Um, Sweet. It, he won as well as over Chris. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's probably one that's gonna that might win it all. Booker. It might be a Raptor. final four contender. It's definitely sure. eight. I'm feeling. Yeah, and then also in the CP3 bracket, we had the FJ Crowder, 70% over Booker's hustle play against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, that moved on. And then after that, we had the uh, Booker done dirty by the Nuggets. Of course, the same exact game where Booker on the Jumbotron, it was a different player that was thrown up on there. That's right. And Booker went for 49 that game. That one moved on to the Sweet 16, and it's 56%. Over the pain, throws it down the dunk that came out of nowhere against uh, yeah. the Pelicans. So okay, and there was just one more matchup, and that was Aiden's playoff high. Actually, he's moving on eighty-two percent, moving to the Sweet Sixteen against McGee's dreamy eyes, where McGee stares at the camera for about what hey, seems you know like a what? lifetime. Aiden deserves that. Aiden yeah. deserves that. So I'm I, I'm a hundred percent. I support that. So again, Jamsters, if you want to go on Twitter or our YouTube page, you can vote on these uh, moments the best 64 moments of the 64 win Phoenix suns. Uh, we're in the second round now. Okay. People it's going to be, we're going to be some jockeying for position and such. You gotta, gotta get ready in there. You gotta throw your votes down. So got it. Yep. All right. You ready? Atlantic division preview, Matthew. So the Atlantic division, you take a look at it and it is one of the, I'll ask you this with teams like the Brooklyn nets, the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, the New York Knicks, and the Toronto Raptors. Is the Atlantic Division the Eastern Conference's best division? Yeah, there's a lot of expectations. I don't know if it's the best because in the East, I feel like everything is just so kind of watered down right out there. A lot of these divisions and teams, they seem like they should be better than what they are. But in the East, for some reason, because they play out there, it doesn't really live up to the hype. There's a lot of teams like the Knicks who could be soaring this season with Jalen Brunson, but also just the Nets and the Sixers, right? So much pressure on them, a team that Mm -hmm. both teams that need to win it and whether or not Kevin Durant comes back. But you're just looking at both those teams as uh, Eastern Conference Finals contenders for sure. Um, Just the expectations there. It's there's a lot on these teams and the talent is it's it's 
it's crazy because even like a Julius Randle for the New York Knicks seemed yeah. to be like a star last year or the year before. I mean, so you're like, okay, the Knicks are coming too. So this seems like a division that's just made to crush everybody. But it seems like they just always let everyone down. A lot that's, of these teams. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> they let you're everyone right, down. You're, you're yeah. right though. Although the uh, the representative from the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals came from this division last year. Uh, I think that if you were to say the yep. Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers, or the Boston Celtics, at the beginning of last season, which one of these three teams would represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals, uh, nobody would have said the Boston Celtics, no. which is kind of interesting. To your point, both the 76ers and the Bro- Brooklyn Nets vastly did not meet the expectations put forth on them prior to the start of last season. Uh, entering this season, you take a look at it, and we put a little poll on Twitter, and we asked, who do we think, uh, who do the Jamsters think is going to be the uh, champion of the Atlantic Division? Uh, 62.2% said the Boston Celtics. 26.7% said the Philadelphia 76ers. Only 6.7% said the Brooklyn Nets. And then New York and or Toronto, uh, 4.4%. So that's kind of where the Jamsters think everybody's going to land. Where, where do you feel before we get into all of it? Yeah. Who do you think is going to win this division? Knowing that none of that shit fucking matters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and I hate to piggyback on my last prediction from last year where I feel like the 76ers are going to be the team to beat. So I'm going to choose them. I think the Celtics, of course, had that run where kind of like the Suns of the previous season, you know, they were the team that came out of nowhere where they were just seemed like dead in the water. But it was a little different because the Celtics midseason seemed like they were dead in the water, but they came back and made it to the finals. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Sixers because it's hard to, again, but then, I don't know, it's hard to it's hard to bet against a, a lineup with Joel and beating James Harden, but then it's like, how many more chances do you want to give a guy like mm-hmm. James Harden to get, their, get his team to the finals or even win a division? Um, but I'm gonna go with the 76ers. I think this team in my gut doesn't feel right. My gut would say the Celtics, but in my heart, I'm gonna say the Sixers for sure. And I'm gonna mirror that. I actually on that little Twitter poll, I voted for the 76ers, and I look at it this way, and, and perhaps this is a uh a Matthew Lissy kind of viewpoint, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that they have the best player in the division, and that's Joel Embiid. I think that. You know, you, you couple that with some of the guys who are on that roster. I think it's a dangerous team. And I think that, you know, again, obviously he's got to be healthy, but I think that there's an opportunity for him to kind of step up and, and hit that next level. Uh, and that's because you just don't know what's going on with KD. Uh, Boston, I'm sure we're discounting them, but the, again, the majority of the Jamsters think that Boston is the team to beat. So that's the team that we'll start off previewing. We'll start off with the Boston Celtics. Uh, you'll take you take a look at what they've done this offseason. So the first thing they've done is via free agency, they added Danilo Gallinari from the San Antonio Spurs, who went there by way of Atlanta. Uh, and then they signed some guy whose name I can't even say, Mafondu Kabengali, uh, on a two-way contract. They also acquired via trade Malcolm Brogdon from Indiana, and they acquired J.D. Davidson with the 53rd pick in the 2022 NBA draft. Now, at the same time, they lost Daniel Tice, Aaron Nesmith, or Neesmith, whatever, uh, Nick Stockis, Malik <laughs> Fitz, and Juwan Morgan, all in the trade to the Indiana Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, they have free agents still on the roster. Uh, Broderick Thomas, who I had no idea who that is, and Matt Ryan, who I thought was playing <laughs> fucking uh, uh, football now for the Indianapolis Colts. So 
You look at their projected starting five, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford, Matthew. Yeah. So, so they, they get stronger, they get weaker, they stay the same. What do you think? You know what? On paper, it seemed like they did really they they improved their team by a lot. And you know, you're coming off your seasons and even playoff stints with Al Horford, where he, they were just heroic with him and Marcus Smart. Both of those guys were just they played insane out of their minds this season, especially the last half of the season. So it's kind of like you know you got to rely on that again next year. You can't really, so you got to improve your team. So. On paper, a Gallinari and a Brogdon look great. I love Brogdon. I think he brings a lot of toughness, but also, can he stay healthy? That's always a big question with him. Danilo Gallinari, you know, Gallinari. Gallinari. He's a, he's, he's a good player to have on your team. I just hope it doesn't really slow down the offense too much because I feel like you have and a Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum that already handle the ball too much, maybe hold the ball a little too long. So Gallinari, to me, always seemed like a guy like that in a way. He's a good passer, but as long as he can get in the flow of the offense, I think he brings his team a lot coming off the bench. And I just, I really like the Malcolm Brogdon thing. I'm just, I'm kind of nervous of injury, but I think he can help his team not, I mean, get to the next level. You're saying win a championship. I think he can just keep them at the same pace, but I still think that they got better by these two additions. I, I agree. And you look at their overall depth. They add Danilo Gallinari and they add Malcolm Brogdon to Derek White, uh, Robert Williams, the third, you know, time Lord um, who might get some starts over Al Horford, what have you. Uh, they got Grant Williams. Who's an annoying pesky player. Preyton Pritchard is still on the roster as well. So they have a team that has some depth. Uh, and and defined roles. And what's interesting about Boston is the reason that they were so successful last year is they turned it up to a historic level defensively. And they utilized that through the first three rounds of the playoffs, and they kind of ran out of gas, right? So I don't know necessarily if it's going to be repeatable for this team, seeing as at, one, how hard it is to play defense in the NBA, and two, how historic they had to play defense to get to the spot that they were in. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, you're going to add some offense there with him that you haven't seen from that position necessarily. Uh, knowing that Jason Tatum is a year older and Jalen Brown are both, you know, a year older, a year mature. It's one thing that when you talk about the Phoenix Suns, you have to recognize that everybody's going to take a step forward because they're all entering their prime. The same could be said about the Boston Celtics and their young stars and their core. Uh, but at the same time, Al Horford's a year older. Uh, is can Robert Williams stay healthy? Can Marcus Smart stay healthy? Of course, that's every team. You're going you're gonna to ask those questions, but I think it's so vital to them because it's their defensive prowess that allowed them to be so successful, and I don't know how repeatable it is in the NBA. Yeah, mentally, it's like you you we're going to have to go through that again. We're going to have to play that well and then maybe still come up short. Like, who can help us ball handling-wise? Who can you know, get us some shots when we need shots. And Tatum should be that guy. You know, you had the whole thing with Jalen Brown and Kevin Durant, even though today, I think it was today or yesterday, I saw where really there was no talks. And I mm -hmm. think it was on Twitter today. And I mean, the whole Boston and Kevin Durant thing, there was really no talks between the two with Jalen Brown. It makes sense because Brown, I feel like it's just as good as a Jason Tatum. I feel like Brown kind of looks at a Jason Tatum like, hey, if I had your body, your size, like I would be <laughs> I would be better in your shoes. I feel like that's yeah. the way he looks at him. Um, but it's weird how those two aren't broken up, but it's still working. So I think what they have there is really good. It's just I think mentally uh, just weighing on their mind that they go into next season knowing like they have to play that way again. Yeah, and, and that's you not always, easy, man. Like you said, the health thing, it's like, you know what, everyone's – 
pretty much healthy now with to go through the season. And they didn't even play the whole season at all last year. Right? It was just the half a season where they kicked ass. So mm-hmm. it's a lot to come back. It's so hard to win the, in basketball. You know that for a fact. I mean, we know that Suns fans, how hard it is to get back to the championship. So they're kind of like the Suns going into net this year. You know what I mean? They're not as hated, but they're a team that has to prove something again to get back to the finals. Well, I'm sure they're plenty hated on the East Coast. I'll tell you that. But I, I agree with you. That's I just true. it'll be interesting to see <laughs> how they respond. Uh, knowing that, you know, Jason Tatum, uh, he choked in the finals, you know, and some oh. people, yeah, I mean, he did, yeah. he did. And if you yeah. go back and if you were to say Devin Booker choked in the finals the previous year, that, that's not a true statement. Yeah. I mean, he was dropping 40 burgers out there. So it's a different conversation. You know, the rest of his team kind of, uh, I mean, they just couldn't stop Giannis. That's what it came down to. Well, I, I don't know. I don't want to go back down that. Uh, next, <laughs> next team I want to talk about. Toronto Raptors. All right. Uh, not a lot of movement relative, relatively uh, that's earth-shattering when it comes to the Toronto Raptors. They added in free agency Otto Porter Jr. from Golden State, uh, Juancho Hermon Gomez from Utah. So uh, <laughs> uh, what was the name of that, sh- that the movie he was in? Hustle with Adam was Sandler. He, that was Juancho was he Hermon in that Gomez. One? Yeah, that's okay. the main, he's the main guy. I thought, okay, I was thinking of someone else. But all right. Oh. Well, there you I go. You, <laughs> well, he's up. He's, he's up playing in Toronto now. Uh, okay. the, they didn't trade for anybody. They got a 30, uh, the 33rd overall pick in the NBA draft, which was Christian Coloco. And that was interesting. I was going through and I like I was double, triple tech checking. I'm like, the Raptors don't have more picks. I mean, all right, whatever. Uh, they lost Armani Brooks and they still have free agents on their roster. Isaac, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, Isaac, Isaac Bonga, uh, Utah Wantanabe, and David Johnson, former running back for the yep. Arizona Cardinals. Just tall uh, enough to make it. <laughs> their projected starting five. It's kind of an interesting one because they have a ton of guards and, and like, you know, they are the definition of a wing team, right? So you got Fred Van Vliet, and then you got Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and Pascal Siakam. So a team that's definitely in transition mode, you know, they won a championship a few years ago. They're now kind of just hanging back uh, and, and trying to navigate the a very, very tough division. What do you see when you see this team? Yeah. Bo Cruz. Thank you, Amanda. Bo Cruz was the name of Juancho Herman Gomez in hustle. Yeah. A pretty decent movie, I guess. Um, did you like that movie? Just really <laughs> I quick did like no? it. You liked I, it. I, here's the, the issue I, really I had with it. it. Did you not watch it? I watched it. I just didn't enjoy it. But I think like I can be moody, I think, with movies. So it might have just been my mood at the time. <laughs> I think it was a good movie. It was uh it became kind of like a basketball commercial after a while. And you're like, okay, I get it. He's fucking he's dribbling, he's running in the rain. Come on, next yeah, scene. Next yeah. scene. Exactly, dude. <laughs> uh, but what I see with this team is um it's kind of like it just seems like a blow it up team, right? I think it was until yes. I think Scotty Barnes really got going last year. I know he had the injury in the playoffs, but it seems like a guy that kind of gave them um, just a little bit more power on the court, just defensively. Um, he's definitely the guy that's going to step up next for this team. He's a guy that you can rely on as long as he's healthy. But Pascal Siakam, too, like it just doesn't seem definite, this team. It doesn't seem definite. I feel like I see like a lot of trade pieces. I know the whole thing with OG and an OB. And uh, even DeAndre Ayton, that was a thing. Remember a trade between those two? Yeah, true. So Pascal Siakam, of course, is a guy that a lot of teams might look at if this team's not doing very well to start the season and what do they have to play for, right? I mean, I feel like the blow-it-up situation was so close, but then also, like you said, they won the championship before, so they kind of have that leeway now of like, oh, we have a few years. We won a championship. We're okay. 
but I feel like in Toronto, they're going to want to start winning again this year. So, you know, I just, if they're not winning, then it's, I think it's a blow it up situation for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. There's a lot of great assets on this team that come trade deadline. You're going to hear a lot of teams lining up and trying to uh, procure some of these players. I mean, you look at, or I'm sorry, DraftKings, and right now they're over under on total wins on the season is 45 and a half. So DraftKings, Las Vegas kind of has them as a 500 team. And I can see that because, again, as I mentioned, this is a team that doesn't necessarily have uh, it just it, it doesn't make sense when you look at the roster, right? I mean, a, a ton of guards. Some of them are aging guards at this point, but a ton of guards. And you take a look at, you know, kind of their their overall contract situation. And they have Pascal Siakam making thirty five million this year. Fred Van Vliet's second highest paid on the team, twenty one point two. And then everybody else is kind of in that that zone, if you will, that uh, is very tradable. Right, Gary Trent's got seventeen five. OG Ananobi seventeen three. They still have Chris Boucher, uh, who I'm a big fan of. They re-signed him to twelve point six. Thad Young's on the team at eight point one. You know, somebody who they traded for in the middle of the season and they re-signed this past off season. So a, a lot of assets. To your point, Matthew, that if they're not cruising towards something surprising in Toronto you better believe that probably here on the Suns Jam Session podcast, we'll be mentioning these names around the trade deadline in an effort to try to bolster our roster. Yeah, I mean, Siakam's going to be the big one, but I I, mm-hmm. I think Scotty Barnes has really brought something to that team that I feel like they just didn't have before. Agreed. You watch Scotty, Scotty Barnes, I think, has the best body language in the NBA. To me, he does. Because just two minutes of watching, you know this guy's something special, right? Just... Mm-hmm. By him making a simple player, just walking to the bench. I'm like, this. there's something about this dude that where he was taken off towards the end of the year, but then also this season I, this season coming up, I feel like he's going to be somebody that's going to be like, is this guy an all-star? I, that's just that's just the way I see I him can right see now. It, I, he's just, a, I see it, man. I see it, especially player. in the East. Especially in the East, I feel like there might be a spot. This guy seems like he's going to be an all-star quicker than, than, you know, than most people think. Mm-hmm. And a complete player. And that's going to be what the... Uh, the Toronto Raptors have to leverage this season is what assets do we want to put around uh, Scotty Barnes, knowing that this ain't the season. Like as we go through the rest of this division, there you know there's a couple teams in here that just got some heavy hitters, right? And yeah. you you probably don't foresee it happening, but you got a young second year player in Scotty Barnes. You know he's going into his third year. He's an amazing player. You want to start building things around him. You got assets that you can dish in an effort to do so. Uh, and I see the Toronto Raptors doing just that. They're going to be looking for ways to uh to fortify that roster around scotty barnes so 45 and a half wins you think they go over or under that i think it's under uh, i really think that siakam last year i kind of thought like porzingis would be the guy traded it happens so siakam yeah. i'm going to see. i think it's just gonna happen i think you're calling your shot right now Siakam. i think the thing is yeah i think the thing is um a lot of players don't want to go of course to toronto to play and mm-hmm. that's just a thing so i think it's gonna be difficult for this team to bring anybody else in so i think they got to trade to get pieces like you said where's the picks now they have to get picks and try to build this team back up yeah that's what i feel like we're gonna go under next year all right i'm uh i'm with you too i think it's under yeah. 45 and a half i think that's an easy one uh what's interesting is if you go under on that bet it's plus 110 so they really think that toronto's gonna you know toronto is a playoff team and i get it you know it's like you said when you look at the eastern conference in its totality there's a lot of bottom feeders over there 
you know, and that's kind of the fun part about going through these division previews is you can you can see who's made an attempt to kind of bolster, and the other teams are just like, yo, we're still in fuck it mode. Uh, you, and, <laughs> yeah. and you don't that's see true, a lot of teams yeah. in this division in fuck it mode. And, you know, the next one we're going to bring up is the Philadelphia 76ers. They added P.J. Tucker in free agency from Miami, Daniel House Jr. from Utah, and a guy from Houston called Travelin' Queen. That's his name, Travelian, Travelin' Queen. Did you know that guy existed? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> Should I find uh, via trade? They found there. They uh, traded with Memphis to get DeAnthony Melton. Uh, in order to do that, they had to trade Danny Green and David Roddy, who was their first round pick, the 23rd overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft. They still have Paul Millsap and Miles Powell uh, as free agents who haven't signed, who were former members of the Philadelphia 76ers this past season. And right now, they're projected starting five. It's it's a good starting five, man. James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, P.J. Tucker, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. Uh, again, you take a look at DraftKings, and they are currently projected uh, 49 and a half is the number of wins for the Philadelphia 76ers on DraftKings, Matthew. Yeah, I'm going to go over, like I said, I'm going to pick them as the winner of this division. Um, I think it just relies on one player, really. I would say James Harden, of course, but pick up the pace a little bit, move the ball more. But I just think Tyrese Maxey, of course, is a guy the last two years. I mean, he's only been in the league two years. But every year, it seems like he's been in the league. For, for some reason, when I looked him up, I thought he's been in the league for three years. It just seems like he's been in here longer. But it's only been two. And I feel like he's just surprised a lot of people with his play. And I think he can play good with James Harden, but they got to move the ball more. Like... And be quicker. I just feel like James Harden, of course, holds on to the ball too much. And I think Tyrese Maxey is a guy that's kind of opposite. He wants to get things going. And if they can play alongside each other, this team can be dangerous. Um, if they can get along. Um, but, yeah, I mean, on paper, it's one of those good paper teams, right? It just, yeah. you know, but then also maybe not because you look at Tobias Harris. And there's a lot of doubters out there, too, a guy that holds the ball too long, too. So, this will be interesting, I think, with this. I was just going to ask the question. It's like, is James Harden still on this team by so the trade deadline? Is he traded to uh, Toronto? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, there's no way. I mean, you look at it before the season even began and they signed uh, they, or they re-signed James Harden, I think, to a two year deal, if I remember correctly. I'm pulling it up kind of as we as we talk. Yeah, he signed a two year 68. 0.64 million dollar contract on july 27th so my assumption is with all that there's all kinds of kickers and and time frames on when he can be traded you know much akin to deandre ayton and mm -hmm. and now lebron james you know it's like you can't get rid of the guy for a year so he, he's definitely going to be there uh suns geek says in the chat thank you for following around uh following us suns geek he says harden isn't going anywhere he took a pay cut um, and what coach fallen founder, one of our elite jamsters says in the chat, he says, DraftKings is thinking injuries for this team. And I can definitely see that thought process. Uh, but you're right. Tyrese Maxey is, is a stud James Harden. You know, it's going to be interesting to see who the, what version of James Harden, the Philadelphia 76ers get this season. But if he has the correct support around him, which I kind of feel he does, I think that he can really be somebody who, uh, can, I wouldn't say take games off. But he doesn't have to play as intense as he is as he needs to be uh, for the duration of the season. He just needs to get to the playoffs and really kind of try to kick it up. Now, obviously, that's a big problem with James Harden, right? He's not really one who's known to like all of a sudden hit a gear and just go. Uh, we've seen that the past couple seasons where he's he's duped teams into thinking that he could do that, but he hasn't actually done that. But you look at their guard depth behind James Harden, 
You know, you got uh, Firkin Kormas, who people love. Uh, Matisse Thibel's considered a shooting guard, even though I see him more as a wing. Again, Tyrese Maxey. You got Shake Milton on this team. You got DeAnthony Melton on this team. So you got Milton and Melton. Uh, Isaiah Joe. Again, uh, Trevelin Queen. He's a shooting guard. So they, they got plenty of guard play. I just don't know how effective their depth is. You know, you look at the Boston Celtics, and I feel like their depth is really effective depth. I don't know if there's a lot of effective depth on the Philadelphia 76ers, but I feel like from a starting five standpoint, it, it's probably the second most talented starting five in this division. Yeah, that was one thing. Like last year, even with Matisse Seibel, like it seemed like Matisse was kind of, he was a guy that was, it seemed like a fan favorite. Uh, his defense is hustle, but then I think a lot of the fans out in Philly kind of got sick of him because you can't rely on him for too much more. Like, yeah. he's a good defender, but there's nothing else you can ask from the guy. He can't give you anything else, and you need something else off the bench. Um, so that's gonna be tough. But I also think too, um, the toughness maybe in PJ Tucker, like, is that even something anymore for this team? Like, because I think this team is under the most pressure out of any team I feel like in the league, other than the Suns. I mean, the Nets. I feel like no one really gives a shit. If the Nets have. Kevin Durant come back. Yeah, there's pressure. But for some reason, just because they're in Brooklyn, it just doesn't seem like it matters. But in Philadelphia, I think it just matters that 100% more. And I think if you're looking at the Philadelphia 76ers and the Suns, I would just say like they both kind of maybe evenly had the same amount of pressure to get back to the finals or get mm -hmm. to the finals in Philadelphia's case because now you have a so – I guess Joel Embiid's healthy. Like we're talking about health. Like last year, you finally got the healthy season. He didn't win the MVP. Now this year, it's like he has to do that again. That's just, it seems like so much to ask Joel Embiid is just to be healthy, you know, and just yeah. get through the regular season. And then, you know, hopefully he doesn't throw any of his teammates under the bus or anything. I can always see that stuff happening and things get kind of weird with him, but they're not winning. So a lot of pressure on this team, man. I think that Harden has to step up though because he seemed there's an interview with him he's he's ready to go he's ready to go for the season but i'm just like i don't know i don't know can you do it can you do it for me because i'm a big Harden fan still i'm still there rooting for him so i want him to do it just for the fact that i want to believe in this guy i just uh after all this talk like i don't know if i'm how confident i am in picking this team to win the division now. <laughs> once we talk it out we're like oh wait yeah never mind yeah well that's the fun part yeah. though it's like I'm, I'm probably gonna change my point of view by the end of this conversation <laughs> but you're right on all accounts yeah. you know you're right on all accounts asking this team to stay healthy is tough you know this isn't a young spry team this has got pj tucker it's got joel and bead you know who, who isn't old but he plays old because of his injuries sometimes james harden is old do you know who the highest guy the, the highest paid guy on this team is fucking tobias harris man 37.6 million dollars which is just ridiculous you know he's 30 years old uh and this is he's still got a whole nother season after this where he gets paid yeah. 39 million so it's just yeah a lot of pressure on this philadelphia 76ers team to come through uh to execute with the expectations because you know again everything about this team says hey you know did the uh did the process work right did the process work well it's going to be a big year to find out if it did. Yeah. And also, I mean, when you're talking about the Sixers, I just, I think there's just the thing where is this, is this it though? Like this might just be it for like James Harden. It might just be it from Joel Embiid. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing guaranteed in the NBA to where you're going to win anything. We just go by names and how they play their stats. And Joel still, he finally has his full season, but I'm just like, it, it might just be it for this team. It might be if not like a blow it up situation, but these guys might just be too old to contribute. And I know they're only 30, like you said, 29, but if it's going to happen, it has to happen this season. It has to happen this season because just like the Suns, Chris Paul's getting old. Like you need 
it to happen now to win a championship. They can't mm-hmm. wait a couple more years. I think that Tobias Harris hampers that team so much, not yeah. only from a talent standpoint, uh, but from a financial standpoint. I mean, if they didn't have that contract, they could add some real depth to this team that would really, I think, put fear in, in the opposition because you know that there's going to be nonstop coming at you. And again, if, if James Harden isn't feeling it or if he's not engaged on this team in any way, shape, or form, this team could could tank really quick. Uh, and yeah, I just, I, I want good things for the 76ers. I don't know why. I think it's just because like they had the process. We had the timeline. We we're both two teams that were perennially at the bottom of the, or the top of the lottery and the, the bottom of the standings. And I saw them start to get some success. And I've always been a fan of Joel Embiid uh, and this team. And I want good yeah. things for them. But I'll tell you one team that they're going to be better in then. And that is the team that DraftKings <laughs> currently has winning 39.5. <laughs> games this season and that is the new york knickerbockers all right so what did they do this offseason well they acquired a nikolai radovic from uh, detroit via trade uh they also acquired via free agency jalen brunson and isaiah hartenstein i think we both are a fan of that guy hartenstein Uh, right hartenstein hartenstein yeah (laughs) hartenstein hartenstein uh the 2022 nba draft uh, they got Usman Dyang, the 11th <laughs> overall pick, and Trevor Keels, the 42nd pick. Uh, they lost Kemba Walker, Nerlens Noel, and Alec Burks all to Detroit. Uh, they actually traded Usman Dyang to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then they lost Tra- Taj Gibson to the Washington Wizards. Now, if you remember on draft night, this is a team that went out there and they they traded for Jalen Duran. And they traded him to Detroit in in an effort to get rid of Kemba Walker. They're trying to clear that cap space because the one and only fucking thing the New York Knicks gave a shit about this offseason is like, we got to get Jalen fucking Brunson. Um, Yeah, so their starting five looks like Jalen Brunson, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and then they re-signed Mitchell Robinson. Uh, This is a team that definitely got weaker somehow, some way, huh? Yeah, it's... I feel like the whole Jalen Brunson thing kind of flew under the radar where it didn't get as much shit as I thought it would. I thought as soon as I saw Jalen Brunson going to the Knicks, I thought it'd be a thing where it's like, oh, this is the biggest Knicks thing ever. You go out and spend that much money on a Jalen Brunson who was a backup point guard, you know, he's someone that really proved himself in the playoffs. But it's just like all the money to be, I feel like, invested in this guy. I guess there's no one else. But for me, I was just like, how is this guy really like, is he going to be like a kind of like a like a face of the franchise? I know the the hustle's there. He might have the best attitude. He might be a good leader. Who knows on this on this team because they definitely need it because of Julius Randle. I feel like his tempers flew off. He had some temper issues last year. Came out of nowhere. I feel like, and this team just needs some guidance. Maybe he's that guy. But this team is just it just seems like a roster where it's like a lot a bunch of actors that kind of look like actors like famous actors but they're not those actors and they're just putting together like a B movie. Like that's what it seems like with this. It just seems like players that they can play and the efforts there, but it's just, there's something about them that just, they don't look like real NBA players. I don't know if that makes any sense, but no, it does. It does. No, I get it. It's like a, it's like a knockoff of Gilligan's Island or something, you know, it's like Killigan's Island. And you yeah, got a guy, exactly. you know, it doesn't look like Gilligan. It's just kind of, yeah, everybody on the on the on the roster. It's like, well, like I get it, but I don't get it together. <laughs> and that's kind of yeah. par for the course when you talk about the New York Knicks. Is it's a team that just can't get out of its own way, can't get the right players in place. 
And then they invest all this time, money, and effort to get Jalen Brunson. You know, they end up he he gets a bag out of it, right? He was a free agent, uh, and he ends up signing, you know, a four-year, one hundred and four million dollar contract. So he's getting paid twenty-seven mil. Now, granted, it's it's front loaded, twenty-seven point seven mil this year, twenty-six three the next, twenty-four nine, then twenty-four nine. So it is a front-loaded contract for them. Um, but that was kind of that was it for them. They were they were hell bent and determined on getting Jalen Brunson um and freeing up the cap space to do so, you know, and, and you look at how they are overall, and they you know, they they have probably about eleven million dollars under the luxury tax. So you got to look at the Knicks through that lens. This is a team that, again, is playing in this tough division, probably realizes we can't necessarily compete. It's probably tired of hearing from the New York media reminding them that they can't compete. Uh, probably is realizing that the the deal that they gave to Julius Randle uh, last offseason, you know, where they they paid him a, a, pr- a pretty hefty price, you know, four years, $117 million uh, that went into that goes into effect this season probably wasn't the best move and that's a backloaded contract. So, I mean, he's going to have a player option in 2025, 26 for 29.4 million, you know, but it's a team that's just like, they, they constantly make mistakes. It, it's like a liar, right? Like somebody who's a chronic liar, what they'll do is they'll tell a lie and then they'll tell a lie to make up for that lie. And it just gets more convoluted. And then they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Six lies in that's how the New York Knicks build their roster <laughs> is they, they make a mistake and they're like, fuck. So they make another mistake on top of that make mistake to make up for the mistake. And it's just a worse mistake. And nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to play for them. And it sucks because when the New York Knicks are good it make, it's better for basketball. It just is. It's one of those things. And they haven't been good since fucking like John Starks, man. Cause I don't want to hear about mellow era. No, they, they, they haven't been. And you have names on there that are fun. Obi top and RJ Barrett, of course, yeah. those, Obi Cam Reddish, came, who I like. Yeah, a lot of a lot of players on this team that seem like you know there's the potential that something's there, right? RJ Barrett, he he had some like oh shit moments last year where it was like oh this guy might be a legitimate top three pick, and you know if he can carry that into the season that'd be great because I feel like he just needs the confidence. He seems like a guy on the floor where when he's playing especially a lot of the beginning of last year, just seemed like he just needed that push. He needed someone to comfort him, to let him know like, Hey, you're actually pretty good. Like just go ahead and be ball dominant. Maybe that was what took away from this offense or something, or maybe mm-hmm. it's Tom Thibodeau. I don't know how he's still a coach. Cause he drives those guys into the floor. <laughs> I know. Um, right? I'm surprised he's still a coach. And Obi Toppin is just someone that I feel like can fill a lot of holes off for you offensively, offensively, not defensively. It's like not there, but offensively he can fill a lot of holes kind of be like, a little bit, I know he looks like a Mario Stoudemire kind of, but he kind of can be like a, maybe a Sean Marion Moore to that offense where he can just do a lot of little things. Like he's very, very athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a fun team. It's just like, is it because it's New York? Is it because they can't deal with the pressure? Is Derek Jeter the only one that can deal with the New York media and, the and New embraces York it? Like who else can be that guy? And Donovan Mitchell was a name that still floated out there and in a trade to New York, which it seems like the actual star to go to New York. He just seems like a good fit for that team. He seems like a New York guy. Yeah. And I, maybe that's why they have that extra cap space. Maybe, you know, something still might happen this off season with Donovan Mitchell. And, you know, even if that occurs though, like how does this help this team? It really doesn't. You have two small guards. You'd have Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell, two guys who are undersized uh, trying to run that offense. And again, that's my whole thing with this team. Like, Jalen Brunson, great player. And he got his bag because he had a, a great series against the Suns. Let's, I wouldn't say it a great series. He had a good series against the <laughs> Suns. 
but he got his team to the Western Conference Finals, and and therefore he got paid for it. And I don't know how effective Jalen Brunson is in the long run. I don't know how his type of play is sustainable in the NBA. I just don't. And this isn't coming from a scorned Suns fan. Okay, I am a scorned Suns fan, but I'm not looking at it through that lens. I don't know if it's a sustainable type of basketball he can play in the NBA. And that's the the that, that's the guy who's bring up the court every night in in New York for you. God, they they've got to be pissed there, man. Do you have any yeah, Knicks fans in your life? Do I have any? No, actually, yeah, I, didn't, I don't. Me neither. I, I feel like it's by the time they get out here, and you know, they they still bring the Giants here. They're they're still Yankees fans. A lot of yes. these New Yorkers out here, but when it comes to the Knicks, they given up a long time ago. Um, and I feel like what I just thought of was like Jalen Brunson. It's kind of like if Barbosa thirteen years ago was signed by a team. You know what I mean? Yeah, After and the was Suns their starting point guard. That's what it reminds. Not saying it's the same kind of play, but it's just the same kind of player you know the mm-hmm. same kind of con- contribution you're gonna get from the player off the bench or even be a starter it just seems like it's a lot of money so it's strange maybe they just let them off the hook and just see how it works this year but i'm not too confident in the team 39 and a half over under i'm gonna go under it just sucks because you're right when new york's good it's fun but i don't remember those days so i have to just believe you that it was <laughs> it's been a yeah, while I, th- I think i'll go under on 39 and a half too i don't see them getting close to 500 you know, this is a team, I'm, they'll probably win like 37 games. So book it right there, Suns fans. Book it right there. All right, the last team to discuss in the division. Uh, oh, breaking news that just came in during this podcast. Kevin Durant is still a member of the Brooklyn Nets, Matthew. Kevin Durant is still a member of the Brooklyn Nets. Nothing has changed. Uh, <laughs> taking a look at this team and what they've done there this offseason, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they've added via free agency TJ Warren from the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Don Adonis Will Aldonis, God, Aldonis Williams on a two-way contract. Uh, Edmund Sumner signed him as well. Uh, they traded the Utah Jazz for Royce O'Neal. Gave up some draft picks, I think, in that. I forget what the deals, the deal exactly uh, entailed. Um, via the 2022 NBA draft, none lost. I put Dwayne Washington in here. That's incorrect. If you're looking at the draft at the graphic. Uh, the Pacers did that. I don't know why that's sitting there. So they didn't lose anybody, but they do have free agents still sitting out there. LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, and David Duke Jr. So you look at their projected starting five, and I, in my personal opinion, this is the best starting five if it comes to fruition on starting or on the on opening night for the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and Dayron Sharp. Uh, what are your thoughts? And just so you know, on DraftKings, no over-under on their total number of wins or losses. That's because the Kevin Durant situation continues to be fluid. So It's up in the air. It's yeah. it's it's hard to ask, Matthew, your thoughts on this team because you're just so hell-bent determined that this is going to be uh, Mikhail Bridges, Cam <laughs> Johnson, Cameron Payne. No. Um, the, the Suns Gorilla no. is going to be on the team here shortly. So what are your thoughts here? I bet 100 bucks that only one, one player on the starting roster will be on that team starting next year. That's going to be Mikhail Bridges. Jake? No, Seth Curry. Oh, <laughs> I think somehow all three of the names of Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Kyrie are out. I don't think they're going to stay there. Um, but maybe Ben Simmons will stay. I just, I was looking at this roster. I'm just like, all right, Kevin, why don't you just stay? Because yeah. it's a good looking roster. It like, makes sense. Just fucking stay. Like you can win with this roster, even though I said like, hey, you can't. The only reason I said that, and I was saying that during the whole time, and I'm very confident that Kevin Durant's going to be here, is because like it just doesn't feel right with them names. It looks good, but it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like they can win, but then if they can just play as a team 
this team is like unbeatable. I think just like there was going into two years ago when we played the uh, the Bucks in the in the finals going into that year, everyone thought it was going to be the Nets. I can see that again going into this this year if Kevin Durant stays. Yeah, well, the thing about this team too is I really like their depth because you look at what they've done behind these this starting five. You got Joe Harris who will be coming back at some point next season. They re-signed yeah. Nick Claxton. They re-signed Patty Mills. They got Cam Thomas uh, entering his second year. You know, and again, they brought in TJ Warren as well. So I think that you know where we look at the Boston Celtics and go, hey, they've got some some good depth in that team, and the Sixers don't necessarily do. The Brooklyn Nets have done that, and they didn't do it this season with the, you know Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin and you know half the guys from the 2012 you know Western Conference All Star team. They're doing uh, a good job fortifying this roster with some quality players. So that's what makes this Nets team scary. Uh, again, Kevin Durant, you know he's got his reasons for wanting to leave, and God willing, he ends up in Phoenix. That's to our benefit. But at the same time, I don't if you look at this on paper, as I was putting these graphics together, and for those of you who are listening, stop by the YouTube page. You'll see the graphics that uh, we put together for this podcast. You know, I looked at that starting five and I was just like, damn, dude, like this is a fucking great team. They've got everything you want. You got Kyrie Irving, who's one of the best when he's on the court. He's one of the best ball handlers in the in the history of the NBA. You got Seth Curry, who's a knockdown shooter. You got Ben Simmons, who can run point and rebound for you. You got Kevin Durant, who's a top 15 all time scorer. You know, and then you got Dayron Sharp there playing center, but you, you're going to bounce that around as much as you can. And you'll probably get some Speedy Claxton, you know, playing some center and, and go small ball lineups. And you have Kevin Durant playing the five and small ball. Line. The versatility of this lineup is just sick. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it with the ifs. If, if like Kyrie's there, if Ben Simmons can pull together mentally, like Ben Simmons is just waiting for the perfect time to return. You know, it's kind of like anything in life where you're just, you can't do it because you think you're just projecting it in certain ways where you 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 see it detrimental to you and your future. It's like you just got to get out there and just you just go back into it because I think he keeps thinking he's waiting for the right moment. There's not a right moment, so he has to return. So I think that's what Kevin Durant sees. Obviously, between him and Kyrie, it's like these guys are not focused on winning, winning like I am. Like I have to win titles before I'm done. I, I know this whole LeBron thing's happening, but I want to, to everyone, I want it to end where everyone's saying like, oh, wait, what about Kevin Durant? What about him? Wasn't he better than LeBron? So I think he just needs it. And he knows a team like Phoenix wants to win. They, they're, they're actually, I think, totally opposite of what this roster is for the Nets, where you have guys that just don't know what they're doing, what they want to do in the NBA, where the Suns just want to win. That's all they care yeah. about is winning. So that's, that's why, why I don't want to break sucks. it up, man. That's why James Harden probably left too when they're just getting shit talked to and to you in practice by Kyrie Irving. But then Kyrie Irving's like, can you even trust that guy on the court? Like, it just doesn't seem like a guy, a team you can trust. So Very it just true. looks good, man. I don't know. It's crazy how many good names have been in that lineup, and it's just it's going to come to an end probably this season. Yeah, that's why uh, that's why they play the games, right? Because if it was all on paper, then they'd win it every time. Because that's like you said, they've had some great championship. championships every year. Yeah. <laughs> every, every year. So, <laughs> Super Bowls every year. Uh, looking Cowboys. at DraftKings uh, relative to division winners, um, the Celtics are negative one thirty-five. So clearly, the favorite to win the Atlantic Division. The 76ers are plus two seventy. The Brooklyn Nets are plus five hundred. The Toronto Raptors are plus nine hundred, and the Knicks are plus thirty-five hundred. 3500 for the New York Knicks. So uh you if you want to throw your money away bet on them Knicks. <laughs> yeah.
it. So, uh, and any last thoughts on the Atlantic Division before we pack up this podcast, Matthew? Um, no, not too much. I think I'm good. I just I think that it's gonna be a nice deep dive into these into these teams and into these divisions. You just realize how much talent there is out there in the NBA. And like, I feel like every time we go into these things, we're gonna be saying like. Oh, this it's jam packed with superstars, stars. You know what I mean. But that's just every division. So here's another one, for sure. We just yeah don't know about one of them in the Nets. Yeah, that's the state of the NBA though. And you know, I was having this conversation. So my little my my youngest brother is ten years younger than me. I was having a conversation with him yesterday, and he's like, "Hey, I'm really starting to get into basketball." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I'm starting to get into the history of basketball." I was like, "Oh shit, hell yeah!" He's just he's you know he's what am I? I'm almost forty, so he's thirty years old, and for some reason he's just starting to take to it. And I was starting to talk to him a little bit. You know, he was talking about how he watched uh, on Hulu that that Lakers show, right? The the legacy of the Lakers or whatever. Pretty much the Lakers' response to winning time on HBO. They're like, no, no, we want to paint in our light or whatever. <laughs> and and he was he was kind of fascinated by the history. I was like, okay, well, if you got nothing to do today, here's an assignment for you. I need you to watch The Last Dance. And I'm like, if everything you need to know about your older brothers, you'll see in The Last Dance because I was a huge Jordan fan growing up. I'm like. This is this is my era, right? Then I told him, I go, the state of the NBA right now is so fun to watch. There's so much talent in the NBA. And there's such, you know, because of the integration of the global movement, there's nothing but, as you mentioned, as we go up and down these divisions and up and down these lineups, we're going to see some teams that, even though they're, they are the New York Knicks, like the New York Knicks have some talented players. What hurts them is they just don't make sense together. You know, it's... But but again, the, the state of the, the NBA is just a beautiful an all time high. So yep. which uh, which division should we do on Wednesday, Matthew? What's next? Central division? Is that the next one? Is that even a division or is that just in baseball? <laughs> well, he, well he, he, here's the name of the divisions. You have the Atlantic division, the central division, which is the Bulls, the Cavs, the Pistons. The yeah, Pistons that was the, the next one. Then yeah. you have the Southeast division and that's the three divisions over there in the Eastern conference. And then we'll move over to the Northwest division in the Western conference, the Southwest division. And then we'll end with the Pacific division uh, right before the, the season begins. So the next one we'll do yeah. central division on Wednesday, 8 PM. Again, we're uh, from a programming standpoint, we're moving to Wednesdays. So join us on Wednesday for the central division preview. Uh, Matthew appreciate you as always hanging out with me. Jamsters, those who hung around in the chat, all two of you, we appreciate you so much. Uh, thank you for, for watching. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hit that thumbs up. If you're watching this on YouTube, we appreciate it. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review. We'll read it right here on the podcast. Until Wednesday, everybody have a fantastic evening. All right? All right. Yep. Go home and love your family, baby.